Welcome to the One Wish, One Step podcast, your one-stop shop for everything involving inspiration, advice, and a general sharing of experiences and stories made specifically for teens and young adults, hosted by Shruti Chari. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the One Wish, One Step podcast, and specifically on my college panel series. So I had the opportunity to speak with five different college students from fields including political science, journalism, international studies, history, and actually a law student who is currently in law school and is working on her doctor of law. So if you're interested in becoming an attorney or investigative journalist or want to work on Capitol Hill in the future and kind of want an inside look into the trajectory towards that and the classes that you would take in college, make sure that you stick around till the end and look in the description box if you're interested in a particular major and want to learn more about that. I personally think that each one of these students offers such great advice and Even if you think you're not interested in political science or journalism, make sure that you check them out and kind of hear a bit more about their experience in college, especially if you're interested in attending one of these universities in the future. I do have two other college panel series that are already uploaded on healthcare and business, so if you happen to be interested in those careers instead, you can check those out on whichever one of your preferred podcasting platforms. For more information, you can visit onewishonestep.com or check out the Instagram at onewishonestep. All right, that's it for now. Let's get into this episode. Hi, Addie. Thank you so much for being a guest on the One Wish, One Step podcast. Hi, it's so good to be here. To start off, could you introduce yourself, share what college you attend, what your major is, and what year you are? Okay, so I'm, my name is Addie Green, and I'm currently a freshman at the George Washington University in Washington, D.C. Um, I'm currently majoring in political science with an emphasis on public policy. Nice. And so going right into your major, how did you decide on that? Were you always interested in political science in high school, or what led you to follow that path? So I wasn't always interested in this. In fact, I first started out wanting to go into journalism. And then I, around 2016, so I was probably in eighth grade Mm -hmm. with everything when Trump was running for president is kind of when I started diving into politics and learning lots about it. And my grandfather's really into politics. Mm -hmm. And so then I kind of wanted to do political communications and, um, you know, write about politics, be a, you know, possibly a journalist or something for news media, but then the more that I got into it, I actually got a internship for my congressman, Scott Peters, in mm-hmm. um, San Diego, and I realized how much I kind of wanted to be hands-on in terms of creating legislator and, like, working for constituents and, you know, um, basically trying to <laughs> change the country, do as much as I can to better it, but, um, yeah, so that's kind of where it started, was definitely, like, the election and then all the events that happened after that. Um, I definitely got more educated throughout high school and yeah. Yeah. Were there any classes that you took to help you get more exposure or you mentioned, you know, working with your local congressman, but how else did you know that this was something that you wanted to do? Um, definitely a push. Um, the learning about American history was big motivator for me. And that was actually the teacher that had told me that, um, Scott Peters was looking for interns. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of got involved through that class. And we also had current events kind of um, every Friday where people would go up and talk. And um, I really liked class discussion. I kind of always got in the middle there and like <laughs> said my two, two cents. And I just I loved how much I was passionate about it. So I think definitely I would say APS history got me there. Yeah. And so going more into the university that you attend right now, how did you decide on George Washington University being the school that you wanted to attend? So I knew the best place to be for politics has got to be the you know nation's capital. And mm-hmm. I, um, I had only really known about like Georgetown being in the D.C. area. But I, my sophomore year, I heard about GW and it like clicked ever since then. Like, I know this is so cheesy, but it has been my dream school since I, everything I did, I was working for going to GW mm-hmm. um, because it 
is a city school, perfect, best, one of the best poli-sci programs in the country, just kind of the place to be. I wanted an internship on Capitol Hill, like very, just lots of good opportunities out here. And so I was like, GW, I need to go to GW. Um, I tried for Georgetown too, but <laughs> <laughs> GW definitely, I liked a lot better. Um, I just like the fit and it's a lot, it's a little bit bigger than Georgetown um, and the city school. But I've loved it. Absolutely loved it here. Um, the teachers are amazing. Going into more about the teachers and your major, what are the certain classes that you've taken? I know that you're a freshman now, but the, the classes that you'll possibly taking um, when you're older, mm-hmm. what kind of is involved with the poli-sci major? Okay, so currently I'm in the prereqs. Um, so I have three prereq classes. I'm in Intro to American Politics, which is um, a lot like EP Gov I took in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also in Intro to Comparative Politics, where you um, we're talking about different um, political systems like throughout the world, um, democracy, and just different times. So like you know how we have the Electoral College, how other mm-hmm. um, countries use like the parliament and judiciary systems so I'm just learning a lot about that and then I will be taking another international politics class next year because I um getting all three prereqs in and the one year is a lot and yeah. I have not been able to do that I've been trying to get all my gen eds done <laughs> but so we start there and because I'm doing the public policy emphasis I'm taking a lot of econ too because um I'm focusing on American-based politics mm-hmm. and um yeah, obviously, econ, if I'm talking about legislation and America's economy, I need to know about that. So I'm taking some prereqs for that. Um, there's going to be a lot more. I'm trying to think of some stuff that I was looking ahead on. I'm going to take some human rights classes, peace studies, um, criminal, lots of criminal justice. I'm going to do um, intro to law um, there, and then a lot of intro to like legislation, American legislation, judiciary, just uh, basically a breakdown of all, all the branches of government. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. Yeah. Are there certain classes that you gravitate to or any that you're really excited to take or your favorite ones so far? Um, so I'm really liking my intro to comparative politics class because it's definitely a very interesting, different way to, cause I feel like a lot of our education growing up is very American centralized. And mm-hmm. so, um, learning about other countries and just kind of like, See, like, we learn about other countries in high school, but we don't learn about why they're effective, because in our, I feel like a lot of we're taught in our general education is, like, America's the best, America has the best this and this and this and this, Um, but in this class, I'm kind of learning that, like, there are different ways of how their government works and why Mm -hmm. those actually might be better, Um, and so it's been interesting, kind of just, like, your, this class, and she's taught, she's, my teacher's from Austria, so she completely has no, like, bias towards America in any way, mm-hmm. so it's really cool to get that kind of perspective, um, which I think will be really fun, because I am kind of leaning, I, I do like international politics, I think that is really cool, that might be also another track I might decide to go to as well, and I think that like international relations are super important for our country, so I don't know, right now I'm very interested in that. Yeah, on the converse, is there a certain class that you found the hardest, or ones that uh, you're not super particularly interested in? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that would definitely have to be a gen ed for me. I am not a STEM person at all. Um, I had to take, I, it's literally called science for non-science majors because mm. I was just like, I would just want to get this credit out of the way. It ended up being kind of like a chem class and I absolutely hated it with everything in me. I cannot do chemistry. It was horrible, but it's done, it's done now. It's That's good, yeah. But uh, as for my major, I've been loving all of my classes that have anything to do with that. Really just gen eds that are kind of, uh, yeah do your generals just go the first freshman year will you be done with those um I I did it so that yes I think I still have one more gen ed to do by like communications class I'll probably do next year but you can take them anytime in your four years but Mm -hmm. um I try to get them all out of the way yeah so yeah. yeah do you have a favorite memory from college? I know that you're online right now but you're at the campus so has there been any fun things that you've been doing Oh, gosh. Favorite memory. That is hard. I have had such a blast. Um, I would have to say we play cards on the Lincoln, like the Lincoln Memorial. And there was a night where we bought pizza and just played cards on the back and listened to music and met some other people that were also on the memorial and we got those little like bird scooters and drove around the city yeah. and it was super super fun I, uh, and then we went to like a midnight crate place after mm-hmm. 
and got crepes. It was so good. It was so fun. <laughs> nice. And so you moved from California all the way to Washington, D.C. Was that a big switch from you or were, were you excited to make that change or were you scared? What, what were your thoughts moving? Um, I was definitely nervous, but I was mostly excited. I moved a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, I think with Corona and everything that was going on, how my life had kind of been at a standstill for like four to five months before I did move. Mm-hmm. I was just ready for something new. Yeah. Um, I was just so excited to be able to try and have some sense of normal normalcy in my life, even though I mean, I don't really leave my apartment here because <laughs> Corona, but um, I I was ready. I think yeah. that is one thing I found quite surprising. It is such a big move, but I was not that scared. It was definitely, it's just when you know it's your next part of your life, you're mm-hmm. ready for it, I think. So, yeah. What are your plans after you graduate? Do you hope to stay in DC or maybe travel more? Yeah. So, as of right now, I want to try and attend law school, and you kind of have to do law in the place where you want to practice law, and that is. DC as of right now I would like to stay here mm-hmm. because I would like to get a job on Capitol Hill or yeah. in, you know congressional so I will probably try and go to law school somewhere around here um that's right now yeah <laughs> we shall see but yeah that's the next step nice so what advice do you have for students who want to major in political science or attend these pre-law uh institutions um okay that's a very good question I would say to go in with a very open mind. Clearly, everyone has their own opinions in terms of, you know, political parties, me included. um, And that's important. But also, you're going to learn a lot from a lot of different people in your university. Mm -hmm. And to take that in, because I feel like one of the worst things in this life to be is ignorant. And so if you um, are consistently supporting your own side, then you're not going to take as much out of it as you should. Education is really important and you want to see all types of point of views because, you know, that's the life we live in. We live around, we have neighbors, these are our people um, and everyone has different opinions than us. So I think definitely going in with just ready to kind of take in that information to see how you can better yourself, how you can better people around you. Because um, I feel like that's a big, you know, goal of political science is yeah. figure out how best people can live, how we can best support that through government. Um, and I think, yeah, so going in, being open-minded, just kind of ready to take in any opportunity and any piece of information that you can. Yeah, that's that's a good reminder, especially given the political climate right now. I can't wait to see you on future ballots running for office. So thank you very much for being a guest <laughs> and weighing so in much. on this conversation. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm here with Namu. Thank you for being a guest on the One Wish, One Step podcast. Thank you so much for having me. To start off, could we have you introduce yourself, share what college you attend, what your major is, and what year you are in school? So my name is Nemu. Um, I'm a senior at Boston University, and uh, I'm studying journalism. Nice. So to start off, why journalism? Why was that the major that you decided to pursue? Um, So I actually originally started out as um, an international relations major, um, and I was taking economics classes my freshman year and honestly right away decided that (laughs) econ was not for me therefore the major was not for me and I've always really loved writing and so I thought um why not help people in a different way and for me that ended up being journalism it just it worked out for me (laughs) yeah so was there some things that you did in high school or when you were in grade school that made you realize that you were interested in writing and wanted to pursue this path Um, So I always uh, journaled as a kid. So that was like something that I used to articulate my feelings. And, you know, as a personal thing, it was like a a big hobby for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then going into high school, I had an internship at a nonprofit and um, in San Diego. And actually, um, I used to photo blog for them. And so Mm. I kind of put two and two together with my, my passion for social justice and also my passion for writing and kind of combine them and then uh yeah it it, it's surprising that it didn't make sense to me while I was applying for college Mm -hmm. that I would just like go into journalism um but I thought at the time that I was really interested in policy making and not journalism itself so yeah that makes sense so um 
going more into like your major, what are some of the classes that you take as a part of it and maybe some of your favorites as well? So at BU, uh, we have um, a couple of core classes that we need to take. So for example, there's reporting on a beat, which means basically reporting uh, for a specific county or town or for a specific like genre of to- like a topic of writing. So for me, I reported for the Boston Globe um, on this on this town called Newton, which is about a couple like I feel like 20 minutes away from from Boston. It's like 20 minutes north. Um, but anyway, so I took that class, really enjoyed it. Um, there's other classes where you learn how to write uh, newsworthy pieces um, and how to identify newsworthy pieces. Um, and then, of course, there's like electives that we could take. So one of my favorites has been um, investigative reporting, and that's mm-hmm. actually what I want to do with my career. And so um, it was really cool to kind of take a class and then like picture myself doing that as like an actual um, career choice as well. Would you say it's a lot of writing or communication, um, or is it like a mixture of both? Um, I think it's a lot about listening, actually. The major mm-hmm. is a lot about listening to people's stories, listening to people's ideas, um, and then partially it's with collaboration with other people, um, with students or peers or mentors or professors or you know whatever it may be. Um, and then I think the, sm- the smallest bit actually is really the writing or the reporting aspect of it like you would think that that's the major point um, of journalism but it's actually more so just being there for people listening to them and listening to their ideas and incorporating that into the story yeah so how are these classes structured do you have tests like a regular class or is it projects or what is kind of the, the activities that you do in these classes so the majority of the journalism classes I've taken have been mostly writing assignments and sometimes projects. Um, with one of the classes I took my sophomore year, it was like an early journalism course that you know a lot of like the earlier, uh, younger students take. I guess mm-hmm. um, is it was the history of journalism and the history of uh, reporting and how it all came to be to what it is today. And that was more like exam based because it was like the history of something versus yeah. it being just you know, doing it yourself. Um, but yeah, I've, I've encountered a lot of group projects, um, a lot of collaborative assignments, and then just a lot of individual reporting stories. Um, so yeah, it's been a kind of a, a big conglomeration of all. Yeah. <laughs> I know that you mentioned that you're interested in investigative journalism. Was that your favorite class that you've taken? Or do you have a favorite one? Um, so it's top two for me. So my first favorite was reporting in depth. Um, which was this beat reporting class. Uh, basically, we, you know, like I mentioned, we reported on a town um, kind of north of Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one would have been my, maybe I have top three, actually. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the second one was my investigative reporting class. Um, the story is still in the works. So I unfortunately can't talk much, much more about it, but it is uh, a very enthralling class and it, you know, got us thinking about a lot of things that we wouldn't have probably even encountered in our lives. And so um, it's really cool to kind of study a topic and research it if you're really interested in uh, writing or researching people or an idea or a topic or whatever. Like, that's definitely a great career to go into. Um, And then my third favorite would be the class that I'm taking now, uh, which is it's like an interdisciplinary course that like pairs journalism and computer science students to work on a data journalism story, so mm-hmm. that's also really cool because I'm working with people I probably would have never met otherwise, so yeah. Yeah. Do you have a hardest or least favorite class that you've taken as well? Well, I, it was my hardest. I wouldn't say it was my least favorite, but my hardest class was my news writing class. It, I took it my sophomore year, um, and my professor was a former Boston Globe reporter, like 30 mm-hmm. years 30 year long career and very strict guy like super unfriendly as well so like it was really hard to get to know him outside of class like in office hours or whatever um and he was very strict with his grading and so it was like super hard to be like like I need help (laughs) and he would be like well figure it out for yourself but it actually pushed me to be a better reporter so I'm grateful for the experience but Mm -hmm. it was just so hard um in the moment while I was learning yeah So going more into your university, when you were deciding on colleges, how did you decide on Boston University being the one you wanted to attend? So um, 
I want to say I got really lucky because I visited BU before I was even applying for colleges. I believe I visited the summer before my senior year. And mm-hmm. so um, I applied early decision to Boston University and then I got in and, you know, it worked out and now I'm here. Yeah. Um, but BU as a school, I think it tended to a lot of the needs that I was looking for at the time and has still continued to do that now. Um, for example, the relationships with the professors um, and then as well as, or like, you know, there's small uh, class sizes as well. So it's like easy to, you know, get along with the people in your class and also with your professor. Um, and then on a more social aspect, there's like sports at the school. So, you know, there's always a, a sports game you could go to, well, not during COVID, but like in general, yeah. <laughs> um, there's always a sports game you can go to. Um, and I think when I visited, I saw that it was a very diverse school. Um, and so I was also looking for a school that I thought I could find my people in. And, and final thing that kind of drew me to Boston was the weather. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah. being in San Diego my whole life I was ready to leave this the like perfect weather and like actually experience seasons and see some snow and so BU just kind of felt like the best place to be. Yeah going off of that do you have a favorite memory from your four years at college? That's such a hard question because it's been like a whirlwind of years that I've been here but I think it'd be my study study abroad experience Mm. um which is kind of interesting because it doesn't really have to do with boston um but yeah i went to london last spring um and i was there for two months we were supposed to be there for four but you know covid cut it short yeah um but i was there with one of my best friends and we were experiencing the city together um and we were studying our respective uh majors and you know like really immersing ourselves into London culture. And so I think that was such an amazing experience that I would love to go back and, you know, continue those two months or like finish up the two months, but also just kind of live there, especially with her um, yeah. again, because I think that was really fun. So I would say like definitely the study abroad experience. Um, I speak very highly of it. It was very good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious, what did you do there with your journalism um, in London or how is that different from how it is in the States? We did courses for I think it was six weeks of the beginning part of the semester and then we started out um, internships uh, like we we got to we got paired basically with an internship organization based off our career path or uh, major mm-hmm. and so I got the opportunity to intern with a media organization there and was learning the ins and outs of uh, journalism in the UK, which surprisingly is very different from how it is here. And so, you know, they have a lot more niche topics that they talk about. And so the place where I was interning, they talked about like convenience stores and their main target was like uh, the warehouse slash convenience store market. And we don't even have a market for that in the United States as a whole. So I think it's really cool that there's a different group of people there who do a lot of different reporting, but the the job remains the same, but the the niche and the the market remains yeah that's interesting to know um so to end this up uh, what advice do you have for students who want to pursue journalism or a similar career path as you um i would say i guess one thing that i wish i had known before is that you have time to figure it out you have your whole career to figure out people like switch all the time and so like when i first started majoring in journalism, I didn't know that I wanted to do investigative reporting. And here I am like three years later and really passionate about it, but who knows, time time can change and like my experiences can change my opinion as well. And so for all I know, three years from now, I just want something completely different, but I would say don't sweat the small stuff. Um, it's really easy in college to think that everyone has it all together and um, most people don't. So um, there's definitely that. Uh, But with journalism specifically, um, I think if you are really passionate about it, and you really think that you can uh, make a career doing something that you love that could honestly have an impact on people uh, for years to come or a community for years to come, um, then definitely go for it. The world definitely needs more journalists out there. We need more people um, who are willing to to be the voice of a community or communities that don't have that voice to speak for themselves. And so I think uh, 
it's a great career. I'm pretty yeah. biased, but it's a great <laughs> career to go into. Um, and yeah, I, I'm just, yeah, I hope that helps. Yeah, no, that's so helpful. And I think it's amazing how you're pursuing this path in a, in a quest to help out communities. And so with that, thank you again for being a guest on the One Wish One Step podcast. Of course. Thank you again for having me. This is great. I want to welcome Alicia to the One Wish One Step podcast. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you for having me. To start off, could you introduce yourself, share what college you attend, uh, what your major is, and what year you are in school? Hi, my name is Alicia Zapanover. I go to UCSD. I'm an international studies poli-sci major, which is just one major, and I am class of 2024. Nice. So starting off with your major, how did you get interested in, in political science and studying this topic? So with the international studies poli-sci major, I ended up choosing that because just in high school, I was a pretty big fan of history. I loved my APUSH class, and I, I wasn't particularly sure about what I wanted to go into, but I thought a good starting point would be like at least major in something that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. So in addition to just like the classes I took in high school, I also did like a summer program for international relations at USC over the summer, I believe before senior year. So that also just made me more interested in the subject. Yeah, what did you do with that uh, program at USC? Or what would you say was the thing that made you realize and solidify that you really wanted to pursue this? So when I was, um, the program was around four weeks long. It was, was pretty, was pretty long. And one of the, like, the final project was to write, like, a 10-page research paper on, like, any conflict. And I chose to write about the India-Pakistan conflict with, like, Kashmir. Mm -hmm. And just research, doing all that research, I kind of felt a little bit like a historian detective. And I just realized that that feeling of just kind of figuring things out and piecing things together, it was a little bit addictive. Mm -hmm. I think that's really what made me want to pursue the major. Yeah. And so did you, when you were applying for college, ever feel pressure to go and conform to a particular major or um, follow a particular path? Or did you feel pretty confident in what you were doing? I think in the back of my head and just from people around me, there was also just the, just the idea that I should be going into STEM because I wasn't, I was, I, I like math, I enjoy science, but also this was just an area you know, with the liberal arts and just with like poli sci, it was just something I felt I was more interested in. So I ended mm-hmm. up just going that way. It is hard though to, you know, sometimes you just really have to like focus on yourself a little bit and just block out what other people are saying because at the end of the day, you know what's best for yourself. Yeah. Do you have any tips on applying to college or some things that you wish that you knew when you were a senior? Yes, I would definitely say start the process as early as you can because it saves you so much grief and stress literally on like in my tiktok drafts i just have a tiktok of me just crying and being like i am so stressed right now so yeah that was september of i think 2020 yeah so right before like college out season and also just um build relationships with your teachers because they're just there to help you. And also when it comes time to ask for like letter of recs, Mm -hmm. it makes the process just a lot less awkward if they actually have, if they actually know you, they have, they'll have good stuff to say. Yeah. And then also get involved in school because, you know, you have to write resumes, you have to write uh, like different PIQs, different essays. So, you know, if you are involved in school and things you actually enjoy, writing essays will be a lot easier. Yeah. Did you get involved in any kind of political science or international clubs at your school or anything else other than that program? When you were in high school, was there anything else that you did? Or would you say the things, the activities that you did were more just other extracurriculars? I would say it was a mixture of both because I did do mock trial for three years. So you have a little bit of like that law Mm -hmm. um, aspect, but also, you know, I was I was part of PLUS since like seventh grade and you build up like leadership skills because when you're like, your extracurriculars don't necessarily have to be tied to 
your major because a lot of the times like you know the essays you're writing they're not really asking about your major mm-hmm. so just I would just say do what you're interested in because okay. you can always find a way to like pull out the different qualities from those things yeah and so once you got your uh college things back and you found out where you were accepted how did you decide on UCSD being the school you wanted to attend it was actually a little bit funny because when I when I got my like acceptance letter to UCSD I was like this is great I'm not going (laughs) I was like this is way too close to home like I need to I need to get out but then also that was around the time that COVID was getting pretty bad and Mm -hmm. I think just to save me and my family a little bit of stress I'm like you know what UCSD, it's, it's a great school. It's ranked highly for my major, you know, like, yeah. I, I think I'm fine. Because, like, I also did get into some pretty, uh, some good schools on the East Coast that I was thinking about going mm-hmm. to. But it was just, like, right now it just seemed a bit, a bit much for me yeah. and my family, more than we can handle. Yeah. Could you explain a bit more about your major? What are some of the classes that you take as a part of it and maybe mm-hmm. some of your favorite ones? Gotcha. So with the international studies poli-sci major, so I'm still working through some of my GEs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I'm actually taking my first like major class tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's INTL 102. It's about like economics, politics, and international change. So the major basically, the major classes just kind of look at the interactions between other countries on like a social, political, and economic basis. So I'm excited I'm excited to learn about it. Yeah. Do you know what classes you'll be taking in future years or ones that you're looking forward to taking at least? Um, I do know I will be doing a study abroad, oh. uh, like a quarter or two studying abroad. So that's very exciting. I'm thinking about going somewhere in Latin America. Not nice. sure yet though. Do you have like a foreign language background or do you think that's important if you're studying this? So part of the... Uh, international studies major requirement is you need to have like some proficiency Mm -hmm. so you have to for UCSD you need to take four quarters of a foreign language and so I took um Spanish all four years of high school and then I did two quarters in college because I'm thinking about maybe minoring in Spanish we'll see but yeah you don't you don't necessarily have to be fluent but it definitely can help you yeah what would you say are the major career prospects of this major or things that you're looking forward to doing after you graduate? Mm-hmm. So after I graduate, um, the plan is law school. We'll see We'll mm-hmm. see how that, you know, stands up. Ugh. But yeah, the plan is law school. Also, just when you kind of have, when you have this major, there's a lot of like, you know, political groups you can join as well as nonprofits. But, yeah. Nice. So what advice do you have for students who want to pursue a similar major or a similar path like you? I would definitely say um, go for it. If you are interested in a subject, like I mentioned earlier, that's a great place to start for your major um, because you don't have to have everything figured out. You know, if you if you feel like, oh, I, I really like history, I really like learning about other countries, and I think it's a great major for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, then you can just switch majors. It's not a super big deal. But, yeah, just go for what you're interested in and just see how it plays out. Yeah. So to end this, could you maybe share advice that you would give to your high school self, just in general? Not It doesn't have to relate to your major, yeah. but something that you wished you could have known in high school. Yeah. I would definitely say have a bit more fun. Enjoy your time as a high schooler because I think with COVID, like we did not understand how precious our time was because like when it all hit, it was the second half of my senior year. So everything that I've been waiting for and leading up to it was kind of just canceled. So yeah, yeah, I would say just find your balance between work and play and just enjoy yourself. Yeah, Yeah. that's good advice. Well, thank you again for being a guest. I learned a lot from you. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Hi, Gabriella. Thank you for being a guest on the One Wish, One Step podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. To start off, could you introduce yourself, share what college you attend, what major you're in, and what year you are in school? All right. Um, my name is Gabriella Scheffler. I'm a third year at UC Riverside, and my majors are history and political science. Nice. So how did you decide on history and political science? Was there something in high school that made you want to go around this path? Um, yeah. So 
initially in high school, I wanted to uh, major in chemistry to be a forensic chemist, Mm -hmm. um, which is wildly different than what Mm -hmm. I did. Um, And that all changed when I took um, AP U.S. History with um, Megan Ellsworth. And immediately when I was in that class and she was teaching, I fell in love with history and I just knew that I wanted to pursue history. Mm-hmm. And watching her teach, I knew that I wanted to pursue teaching history. So that's all thanks to her. Nice. And so when you were applying for colleges, what was kind of going through your mind then? Um, were you decided on, you know, political science then? And how did you choose, you know, the universities that you wanted to apply to? So I actually didn't declare my major in um, as a double major with political science until my first year. Mm -hmm. Um, That happened when I was taking an introduction to political theory course. Mm -hmm. I took that course, um, I believe, my second quarter. And uh, same with history, I fell in love with political science. Um, The two are pretty related, so it was easy to overlap the two. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I declared my double major as political science. But with applying for colleges, I knew that I wanted to stay somewhat local, so I only applied to seven schools uh, within California. Mm -hmm. Um, I got accepted to four of them, I believe waitlisted at two and rejected from one. Um, And UC Riverside was not my top choice school. Um, Mm -hmm. I got waitlisted at SDSU and UCSD, which were my top two, because I wanted to stay in the area. Mm Um, So I was feeling kind of down, but my dad was telling me, hey, let's just visit the campus. Let's see if we like it. And in my head, I was like, Riverside, there's no way that I'm going to like this. Like, (laughs) nobody thinks when they want to have a fun day, they go to Riverside. Um, But we visited the campus, and it felt like the campus was its own little city. I walked onto campus, and it was so green and so full of life. Um... And all the people there were just so welcoming, and it made me want to go there immediately. I just felt so welcomed when I went on campus, and that's what made me choose there. You are double majoring in history and political science. Could you maybe take us through some of the classes that you take as a part of this? Yeah, definitely. So, like I said earlier, the two overlap pretty well. Um, In the beginning... When I was taking some lower divs, they were more of introduction to political theory, um, some basic history courses, like history of the United States. Um, I took a history from uh, 1914 to 1945, so like World War I in between period and World War II in the United States, just some basic courses like that. But now that I'm going into upper divs, they're more specialized towards regions. Mm-hmm. So this past quarter, I took a politics and economics of the Pacific Rim. So I learned all about China and its relations with the other countries there. Um, I've taken a labor and globalization class. So all about globalization and how um, kind of the world economy works. Mm -hmm. Um, And next quarter, I'm taking some uh, more history courses that I'm really excited for. I'm taking uh, women in um, Middle Eastern and Islamic history I'm taking History of Native American Women, um, another globalization course. So as you get more, uh, as you go further in your college career, um, the courses are more specialized and more specific. Um, When you first start doing your courses towards your major, it's more general topics like introductions to theories. Yeah. Is there a reason why you decided to double major um, instead of just doing political science or history, for example, especially considering that they're pretty similar majors? Yeah, yeah. So I knew that I wanted to be a history teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically, I wanted to teach uh, United States history, but I felt that having a double major would help me broaden um, the field that I could go into teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, at my high school, there was an AP um, government course. So if I took a, um, if I had a major in political science as well, that would help me cover that aspect. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to broaden the range of what I could teach. And since the courses overlap, I feel like I would get a deeper understanding of the topics that were discussed in both fields. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what would you say are some of the favorite classes that you've taken so far? 
Oh God, that's such a good question. Um, I took, I would say a big thing is it really, really depends on the professor. So some of the courses that I've taken, I've loved just because of the professor. I would stay in office hours and just talk to um, the professor afterwards. Mm -hmm. So one course that I really loved was um, History 20. It was History in the 20th Century. And I had it with a professor named David Biggs. Mm -hmm. And he's become one of my favorite professors at UC Riverside. And just last quarter, I took another course with him. Um, It was an undergrad research course. So it was only 20 students in the class. So it was a very close and personal relationship with the professor. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a history of environmental policy in California. So we looked at the different fields of environmental policy, for example, um, like smog control, um, water pollution, forest fires, just different um, environmental aspects that California has. We studied the history of policy implementation to cover those fields. So I would say those have been my favorite courses, mainly because of the professor. Yeah, those are so interesting. When you're taking these classes, is it lecture-based or how are you learning this material? I know that in high school it's a lot of, you know, reading the textbook and then taking assessments on that, but would you say that's pretty similar when you go to college? I would say it's very different, very different than high school. It's not like you sit in the class every single day, get the lecture, go home, do the homework and study for the test. Mm -hmm. Every single college course has wildly different structures and the first thing I do when I sign up for a course is I look at the syllabus and I see what um, this course entails because I have a course this quarter coming up where my entire grade is one midterm and one final wow and then I have another course where we don't have a single test and it's based our entire grade is based on four essays Hmm. um I would say the structure of the classes um generally if it's a big lecture Um, I've had lectures from like 100, 200 people. Um, Those usually come with a discussion section attached to it. So you have the course. For example, I'm taking a um, politics of race, immigration, and ethnicity course this quarter. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a big lecture. So there's a separate one-hour discussion. And that discussion is with a a TA. Mm -hmm. And it's about 20 or so students in the class. So the big lecture, there's not much participation talking from the students. Mm -hmm. So you don't really get to have that close relationship with the professor. So that's what the discussion section is for. So usually with larger classes, there's a discussion where you can build that relationship with your TA and talk about the subject more in depth. Um, But for large or for smaller lectures, I would say maybe like 40 to 60 students, there's usually not a discussion section. But um sometimes there are options where you can participate in class and of course you can always go to office hours Mm -hmm. um professors always say when their office hours are and you can go in and talk to the professor right well thanks for breaking that down that makes a lot more a lot more sense now i know you mentioned your favorite classes but do you have a least favorite class or one that you found the most challenging so in college you have to take a certain amount of breadth courses, some call it um, uh, gen ed courses. Those are the courses that are outside of your major. Mm -hmm. So they have nothing to do with your major. um, And you can kind of choose from a lot of different courses. But usually, um, it's different for every school, of course. But Mm -hmm. for UC Riverside, like, if you're in the College of Humanities, you would have to take like, two math or science classes, um, one like, econ class something like that so Mm -hmm. the most difficult classes that I've taken have been the ones outside of my major um I would say the hardest class that I took was a that's hard I'm like there have been a few hard classes (laughs) yeah um I would say the hardest one that I took was probably um, a psychology course it was uh, skepticism and pseudoscience Mm. um and it was all about the psychology behind common, um, like, medicines. Um, so, like, at, um, at 
at certain places they'll sell like holistic medicine so it's mm-hmm. all about the psychology behind that um it was really difficult that was the first ever C that I got in college and I was freaked out but it's it's all fine <laughs> yeah well to wrap this up what advice do you have for students who want to major in history or political science or possibly become a teacher in their future years I would say um try uh, especially if you're going into history um, and political science, don't go into college with a narrow mindset of what you want to learn. Don't go in there like, I want to be a United States history teacher. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I'm going to go in and say, okay, I'm ready to only learn about United States history. College is the time for you to broaden your horizons. It's time for you to learn about things that you would have never learned about unless you went to this college. So I would say try to take courses in things that you know absolutely nothing about because through that course you'll gain that knowledge. Yeah, well, that's really good advice and I could keep asking questions to you for hours, but I want to thank you for weighing in and and sharing a bit more about your college experience. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. I'm here with Sarah. Thank you for being a guest on the One Wish, One Step podcast. Hi, nice to be here. Um, So my name is Sarah Silveraj. Quick intro. I graduated in 2015. I'm currently in law school and my undergraduate degree was in biology from UC Riverside. Nice. So can we start off with your undergraduate schooling? What led you to major in biology and what was involved with the switch from being in science to going to law school? Yes. Um, So I decided on my major because originally I wanted to be pre-med and be a doctor one day. Mm -hmm. And while the end goal has clearly changed, um, my motivation hasn't. And kind of as cheesy as it might sound, I do sincerely want to help people better their lives. And that's the, I guess, ultimate goal. Um, But I did decide that for me personally, it would be better to do that through law school and hopefully through a focus on public health and public health policy. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was why I chose biology is because it was, you know, a solid pre-med major and I liked science and I still like science. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually been really good for me in law school. Yeah. So what do you think are some of the skills that you learned by being a biology major that have helped you when you're in law school now? Um, so I think one of the big things is the attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... A lot of this also comes from the fact that I did have a career post-grad before I came back to law school, Um, but the attention to detail is huge. The ability to just multitask and organize is super important. So if you ever end up working in a lab, you'll know that you will have to multitask and organize your experiments in a way that makes sense to best use your time. Because if you have an experiment that's got like 30 minutes of prep work and then two hours of runtime, you can't just sit around and twiddle your thumb for two hours. Mm -hmm. So can you explain a bit more on why you decided to go into law rather than, you know, helping out people through pre-med? Is, it, is there something about just being involved with, with various laws that drew you to actually pursuing law school? Yes. Um, so as a doctor, I think you get a lot of one-on-one interactions and you get to help people individually, which is really important and super rewarding. But um, when I was doing things like shadowing doctors in preparation for applying to med school, I saw a lot of issues that were larger systemic issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the big things I saw was like access to healthcare and inequitable access. So people either didn't have time to take off work or didn't have time to actually get to the doctors or didn't have the ability to afford a doctor's visit. So they would come in when problems were greatly exacerbated. Whereas if everyone had equal access and they could come in you know, initially when the problem first presented, they would have been able to handle it without an issue. So like for an example, if someone has symptoms of diabetes Mm -hmm. and they're like, it's fine. I don't have time to go. I need to go to work. I'm not going to go to the doctor. They never get tested. They never get seen. It exacerbates. And then before you know it, they've got uncontrolled diabetes and possibly further complications with their, um, with like their kidneys or with vision problems and these sorts of things a lot of times can't be reversed, but they can be prevented. So Mm. I just saw a better place for me, a better fit in terms of things. I also talked to friends who were in medical school and realized that while their classes are super interesting, I don't think it was something that I was personally going to be successful at. 
So can you explain the process of applying to law schools? Um, I'm sure we all have a baseline understanding of what it's like to apply to college, but when it comes to law school, um, maybe some of the tests or applications and how that differs from when you were applying for undergraduate school. Yes. Um, so for law school, there are a lot of similarities. Um, kind of like you have to take the SATs for college, you have to take the LSATs for law school. Mm -hmm. Um, and then after that, it's also a little bit similar in that there are, especially in California, some shared applications for law schools and some shared essay prompts, but largely you do apply individually. So if you want to do either private schools or you want to do other states, because um, they know that you're in California, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right now I'm going to Arizona State University. Um, so if you're applying out of state, you have to apply usually individually, whereas in California, there is a little bit of a shared system. Um, but other than that, you know, you still have to write essays. You still have to do that generalized standardized testing for the LSAT. Um, if anything, there might be more specific essays for law school. And um, law schools often also have a big diversity essay that you want to submit if you are diverse. And even if you don't think you're diverse, I highly encourage you to consider what perspectives you bring that are diverse and go ahead and write an essay anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, so when you were switching from being an undergraduate in, in pre-med to now being in law, were there some ways that you gained exposure to a legal field? Was there any internships that you did in between uh, to kind of set you up for when you attended law school? Yes. Um, so one of the things that I did was I went to a community college nearby and took a couple classes mm -hmm. that were legal focused. So like um, a lot of community colleges will offer paralegal courses uh, so I took a paralegal course and I took, I believe, a intro to logic course, which was helpful for the LSATs especially. Mm -hmm. um, so I took those for a semester. And then after that, I actually got a job as a legal assistant at a law firm to see whether or not kind of that work was something that I wanted to do long term. So I worked there for a year while I applied to law school. Nice. So how did you decide on Arizona State being the university that you wanted to attend for law school? Um, so, one, Arizona State is pretty well ranked overall, um, and then the other part was that they've got a really good health law program, which is what I was interested in, and they gave me a generous scholarship, which <laughs> I really appreciate. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you take us through some of the classes that you take in law school? Um, what year are you in school? I am a 2L, so second year out of three years. Okay, so maybe some of the classes that you take uh, in your first year and then what you're taking right now. Yeah, okay, so law school is a little bit interesting, and it's different from a lot of other graduate schools and undergrad, in that the first-year classes are largely standardized. Basically, any law school you go to, you will likely be taking these same classes, and you will likely be learning the same material for your first year. Mm -hmm. So your first-year classes for my school are contracts, torts, civil procedure, um, a legal method, and writing class, and then um, you also take criminal law, constitutional law, property, and then another advocacy writing class. Okay. One of the things that I will say for law school is that I think transitioning from being a STEM major and working in a science field to the legal field was a pretty difficult transition. It's a very different way of thinking, um, and it's a very different way of analyzing things. So I had to kind of relearn how to study and relearn how to think in mm -hmm. certain ways, um, but it is very rewarding. Yeah. So what would you say has been your favorite class that you've taken so far? I have several favorite professors. Um, your professors really do make a huge difference in law school. Mm -hmm. uh, I think largely because of the way that you learn in law school. A lot, of they, a lot of classes do cold calling where you have to be prepared basically every day because the teacher will randomly call on people to answer questions about the reading and you have to prepare yourself before class. Um, to be ready to answer these questions in case you get called on. Wow. Um, uh, so surprisingly, one of my favorite classes would, <laughs> was actually federal income tax. Hmm. Uh, I did not expect to like it as much as I did. And it was a lot of work, but my professor was amazing and like very passionate about tax law. Um, so I actually really enjoyed that. And then I actually also really enjoyed... Um, my criminal procedure class, which I'm currently in, again, 
really loved the professor, didn't think I was going to like the class because criminal law is so complicated and it's got so many kind of sensitive issues and topics within it Mm -hmm. that I was expecting to kind of walk away from each class feeling very discouraged or very angry, you know, one of the two. Yeah. Um, But that professor made that super enjoyable. Um, And then I also really enjoy uh, my clinic, which is basically where you get to practice real law under the supervision of an actual attorney with Mm. actual clients. Nice. So uh, can you talk a bit more about the class structure? Is there a lot of reading? Is it more writing? Um, And how do you study? I'm sure that you have to memorize so many different laws. So what are some ways that you found the most effective for you? Yeah, so for law school, um, you do have to read a lot. You're going to be reading a lot. Like, I don't even know how to emphasize (laughs) how much you're going to be reading. Um, But you basically, you get your syllabus ahead of time, or if Mm -hmm. your professor will update it regularly is kind of another method. But you have to read before class, and you have to try to understand the case law and the things that you're learning before class. And then class is usually treated as a chance to discuss things further, get clarification, maybe go a little bit more in depth on certain ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, But you need to have prepared for class if you want to be successful in law school. Uh, it's it gets easier as you go through, but especially that first year, you really want to make sure that you're doing the reading beforehand and mm-hmm. like actually coming to class ready to talk about the things that you've already learned. The study methods real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it varies for every person, but for me personally, the way that I found helpful was um, I handwrite all my notes still. I don't type them because I find it helps me remember things better. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest thing I do is I summarize things in my own words. So you read and then you rewrite it in your own words to make sure that you actually understand. Because if you can't summarize it and you can't re-explain it in your own words, you probably didn't understand it. Right. I want to go more into this cold calling because that seems very stressful. Um, so what happens if you don't know the answer or if um, like you're, you give the wrong answer? Does, does, does participation count or does it affect your grade? Usually it's, partici- it's participation-based. Um, And again, it really depends on your professor. So I've had professors where they'll be very nice and they'll kind of slowly lead you to the right answer by asking certain questions so you'll get there eventually. Um, But I've also had professors that do kind of the infamous, that's not quite what I was looking for. (laughs) And then they'll move on and you'll just sit there like slightly ashamed of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, for that, honestly, everyone is going to get cold call. Everyone. And everyone is going to have a bad cold call. Um, and that's totally okay. You're there to learn. It's, it's not embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And like, no one will remember unless you are egregious, like, unless there's, there's one person who like was teasing the professor about his football team during his cold call. And the professor was just like, I don't know why you're doing this. Um, and then proceeded to cold call him for the next 30 minutes plus. Uh. Are your grades based mostly on just a couple of tests? Because I've heard that, you know, you have like a midterm and then a final in some classes. Um, Is that how your classes are structured? Or would you say there's more room in between to make up your grade? So for law school, the vast majority of our classes are going to be entirely final based or vast majority final based. Like, I think most of my classes are around like 85% 85% final base, like maybe 15% participation. Um, some of them will be different, and usually your first-year classes leave you more room. So, like, the first-year classes a lot of times will have midterms and a final and participation. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll split it up a little bit more. But in law school, it is, it is largely the final. And the other thing about law school is that you are graded on a curve. Um, so even if you get a 90 out of 100, if a 90 is the median score, you're getting a B minus. Oh. Yes. <laughs> um, so now that you're in your 2L year and then you're going into the, your third, um, what are some of the classes that you're taking now? Are you able to choose and kind of specialize into more of the health law? Yes. Um, so second year and third year, you get to choose your classes. Uh, there are going to be classes that you probably should take. So a lot of these classes are bar classes. They'll come up on the bar when you go to actually, you know, take the test to become a state certified lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, let me see, for example, like criminal procedure is a bar class. It's likely not super relevant for what I want to do in the health law. 
but it is one of those classes that's going to come up on the bar and is good for you to know. Um, yeah. And it's probably difficult to learn on your own. Mm-hmm. So you want to make room for bar classes and you want to take them. But I've had room in my schedule now for I have I took a health law class. I took law, science and technology. Um, I took FDA regulation. Um, I took healthcare fraud. So there's a lot of lot of options and you definitely get to choose more in your second and third year. And I do really like the kind of freedom that you get to choose and like arrange your schedule. So the way that I've done it is I have like one or two bar classes every semester. So they're spread out and bar classes usually are a decent amount of work because it's a lot of information. Mm -hmm. Um, So the fact that I get to spread them out throughout my semesters means that each semester has a similar workload without any one semester being too heavy. But I know that other people just like to get their bar classes done all in their second year because then their third year they have time in their schedule for like externships or other things. Yeah. And so what are your plans after you graduate law school? What are kind of the career prospects of a lawyer going into the healthcare field? Yeah. So um, a big thing that I want to do is what I guess you would call policy consulting, mm-hmm. um, where if there are laws that are in place already, you know, big clients, especially like hospitals or even state governments, will come to law firms and ask them, if I implement like XYZ program, does that still follow the laws that are in place? Or if I do a certain thing, will that cover me for this requirement under this law for like what my company does? So like hospitals have laws they have to follow, medical device companies, med tech companies, um, state governments, you know, insurance, like everything kind of ties in together and it does get pretty complicated. So being one of those people that gets to consult and advise where you're like, you know, that policy actually requires you to do like an extra step than what you have laid out in your, you know, potential program. So add that in and likely you will be okay. Hmm. Yeah, I can imagine that must be so important when you're working with all these companies. Uh, To wrap this up, what advice do you have for students who want to attend law school or become a lawyer in the future? I guess I have kind of like two separate lanes of advice. Um, One of them is about college because, full disclosure, um, I don't really think I was ready for college when I went. Um, I think I had a very set idea of what I wanted to do and didn't leave room to actually explore other options. So my college experience, while it was really enjoyable, I learned a lot and I don't regret it. I didn't do as well in my classes as I had hoped I would. Um, And I think a big part of that is because I didn't love what I was doing. Um, So for college in general, I'm a big proponent of taking your time and considering community college beforehand. Like if you are not sure about what you want to do or you feel like you haven't had the experience to decide your career at the age of 18, Mm-hmm. which is a totally valid thing because yeah. I think it's a little crazy to ask people who months ago weren't considered adults to suddenly decide the trajectory of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, I highly recommend community college or a gap year. Mm-hmm. Um, explore things, find something that you actually enjoy and you're actually passionate about because that'll make your learning experience that much better. And then for law school, um, and I guess this is also works for general advice, Take your time, honestly. Um, it's okay if you aren't going from undergrad straight to law school. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm. It's okay if your kind of track of things is off from other people's. You shouldn't measure yourself against other people's timelines. Um, and then in law school, I think it's really important to find a good support group and a good friend group. I think that goes for college too. But um, the people that you surround yourself with will play a big part in your experience. And I've made fantastic friends in law school who are good people with great goals and they care about, you know, humanity and doing good things in the world. Um, And that's really inspiring because law school is a grind. It is. Um, It's intense. It's a lot of work. But if you have these sorts of people around you and people who are willing to help and to share, it makes it so much better. And then always keep the end goal in mind. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's hard, especially in college and law school and graduate school, to keep the end goal of what you want to do in mind because you're so stuck in the day to day. But do what you can to try to keep the end goal in mind. Like I came to law school because I want to help people because I want to better the public health system. So every time I can, I try to find opportunities that will remind me of that and that will kind of reinforce that, yes, this is why I'm here and this is what I want to do. 
Wow, that's such good advice. So thank you again for being a guest. Um, I can't wait to see you, you know, become a lawyer and make such a big impact on, on our health system. So thanks again. Yeah, anytime. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it and learned something. Please make sure to give this podcast a follow on whichever platform that you're on and also follow the Instagram at one wish one step. Have a great day and I can't wait to see you next time on the one wish one step podcast.